When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo and Jesse coming to you live here. Uh, on a Friday, abs are off. So, you know what? We figured we should have some good vibes on the show today. Yeah. Talk about the good times for the Colorado Avalanche. Talk about the new ESPN documentary that just came out on their <clears throat> run to the cup, on all of that. Uh, if you haven't watched it, there aren't really any spoilers because, you know, I'm assuming you experienced the cup run. You know what happens. So I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything, but if you really (laughs) want to keep yourself secret and you haven't watched it, you can come watch this podcast later. I understand. Uh, If you have watched it, let us know what you thought of it. Jesse, what did you think of it? Um, I'm going to use the answer that I kind of gave you a little bit last night. I really liked it. I I really liked it. I thought it was really cool to to relive all that. And I think I really liked it because I was there and I, I witnessed it and I saw it all. And I was kind of able to fill in the gaps. Uh, <clears throat> if, if I'm giving my like totally, totally honest review, I thought there was uh, just some, some significant storylines that they left out or <clears throat> skipped right over. Didn't revisit enough. And then, you know, being a kid who grew up watching the 2001 video as like my comfort show before yeah. streaming. Uh, I, I was a little disappointed by the lack of interviews uh, with, with players and, and uh, staff and things like that after the cup run. Uh, you know, they show some clips from like press conferences and stuff, but I would have liked to see a little bit more interviews. And then, yeah, there were just a couple storylines that we'll get into. Um, that I just wish they would have given some more airtime to. I-, I thought it was a fun rewatch, but definitely left me wanting a bit more. So uh, I-, I appreciated that they tried to fit in everything. They talked about the regular yeah. season. They talked about every single playoff round. I in also, depth too. Every round pretty. Yeah, in depth. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll talk about the storyline for <laughs> right. a little bit. Uh, right. But as far as the, you know the on-ice stuff, I think they actually covered the majority of it. Yeah. Their problem was they tried to talk about everything and then they packed it into an hour and 20 minutes. Yep. Uh, nobody was stopping ESPN from making this like a multiple episode series or a longer documentary. Right. I think they could have fit a lot more into it. And, and Jesse, I think you said it very, very well. If you experience this, you could fill in the gaps. 
Right, right. It's like the it's like the Harry Potter movies, which if I remember, you haven't even watched Jesse. So no, I'm not a Harry Potter guy. But <laughs> if you watch the Harry Potter movies, the books filled in all the gaps that they left. Yeah, out. yeah. So that's what this kind of felt like. And I do wonder, ten years from now, when there are new Abs fans who didn't get to experience this Cup run, watch this, and will they have any clue what's going on other than the Abs just won a lot and and won the Cup? Like I don't know. I was going to say, now here's the one thing that I will say is it really did kind of paint the picture of like, there wasn't a ton of adversity to go through in that playoff run. And I will say, I feel like that is relatively true for the most part. Like this was, we've talked about it, you know, just kind of like off the air, Rudo of how like that really was in terms of being a fan and just watching that cup run that had to be one of the least stressful runs to a championship like in North American pro sports history. Yep. Outside of what game five round two, like, and then again, the, the stuff that surrounded that second round series that we'll get to, but, but that really wasn't drama on the ice in terms of like having to sweat out the, the cup run. That really was pretty like business as usual. Yeah. It, 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 you know, there's always some nervousness game one of, of series sure. and, and early on and stuff, but the Avs won every single game one. They yeah. were 16 and four at the end of it. Yep. <laughs> Didn't have to yeah. play a game seven. It was truly, truly a dominant run from Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their regular season as well was, there was never any question marks about them making the playoffs or not being at the top of the West or anything like that. And, and for the, criticisms that i do have about the the documentary i guess give them credit for that because i feel like they did paint it as this was just dominance in the playoffs and they're not wrong got the vibe right even if they missed some (laughs) i guess is the takeaway yeah got got the vibe right i feel like is the best way to put that (laughs) details i could have missed more you could have wanted but they got the vibes right so we can we can start talking about some of the stuff they missed we'll get to the playoffs in a second i want to talk about the regular season okay because they covered 82 games in about eight minutes of footage. <laughs> yep. And like, if they wanted to cut out the regular season entirely and only talk about the playoffs, I would not have blamed them. I, mm-hmm. I think that would have been perfectly serviceable for what this documentary was trying to be. But the fact that they talked about them and then just like casually skipped over the fact that they just didn't lose in January. Right. They, they brought up some of the game, like they brought up the Boston game where they're like, yep. And they beat Boston and, like avoided the fact that this was an insane comeback, like an unbelievable right. hockey game. Did you want more out of that or, or are you fine with it being a couple minutes of, <laughs> Hey, they were really good in the regular season. Um, Again, I, I, I was overall fine with it, but I definitely do agree with what you're saying. We're like, yeah, despite that being a, like, dude, we joked about it so much last year, that, like in the back half of that season, yeah. the regular season, like it was, as great as things were going, like that was some of the toughest, like that we've ever had. I don't want to say like the hardest we've had to work. Cause we've had to work much, but, but you know what I'm saying? We're just like, it was the flip side of the 48 point season. It's like, how do we talk about another seven to two win? What else is there to say other than this team just rolls? Like, I, I don't know what else to say. Um, so while that is true, the regular season wasn't without its adversity. And, you know, they mentioned the Nashville game. They did talk about the the oh. game where they had to play with whatever it was, like 16 and a half guys. Um, but, like, I thought that 
time around Christmas was a turning point for the Yavs. I wish they would have talked about the dominance of Darcy Kemper starting in December and how, you know, Megan mentioned it on last night's show, but we've all talked about it out. Once you got past November, you know, the first like six weeks of the season, Darcy Kemper turned in a Vesna caliber season. Yep. People. We talk so much about Varley having his like history rewritten here incorrectly. Darcy Kemper, like he struggled in the playoffs because he got stabbed in the eye but he had an incredible season for the abs. I wish they would have talked more about that. And then it was the Boston game and the Toronto game that I wish they would have given some more talk to because yeah. Yep. Cause those, both those games, I believe both in December really did feel like where the season went from, wow, this is a really good team. You know, they're, they, you know, they, they're just as good as they were last year to No, this team is a, like, there's a different air about this team. I've talked to a couple of my buddies, about it who who were saying like, Oh, it's just been hard to like get as into it this year. as like, I was in the last two years or or, excuse me last year. And it's like, there was just something everybody could feel last year where it was like, Ooh, I need to be a part of this. Like I need to make sure that I get to a game. I need to make sure that I'm watching. I need to make sure that I, whatever. Um, and for me, the, those big moments where it was like, okay, I, we need to make sure we're paying attention and like remembering this was Toronto and Boston. And like you said, they mentioned Boston, but I do wish they would have gotten into that a little bit more. Uh, Nazem Kadri going to the all-star game. I remember yeah, that being a big yeah. emphasis in the Oh one video was all the all the abs at the all-star, uh, you know, all-star game and, and all that stuff. So yeah, well, I didn't need a full like 30 minute segment on the regular season. I definitely think you could have gone more than like what you said, eight minutes. What the... You you mentioned the the lack of interviews in this and in the playoffs, I think they at least did a decent job of the behind the scenes, even if it was a mm-hmm. lot of the same stuff that uh, the NHL had already done with road to the cup and stuff. But yeah, the playoffs at least had that the regular season had nothing. I didn't already know. Right, right. I did not even like a, a mic'd up guy for practice or something <laughs> like right and I, I you know we talked to Eric Johnson at the beginning of the year and one of the things the, the beginning of this year and one of the things that I asked him was just like can you take me through what your guys's mindset is because I talked to him the night before the home opener I said what's going through your mind now versus what was going through your mind a year ago and I just wish they would have gotten into that because yeah, it was again, especially now it's, it's easy to kind of forget about all the struggles. And once you get over the hump, it's like, yeah, who gives a shit about all that stuff? But like that, that was a huge make or break season for this abs group. Yeah. Like, you know, you had pending UFAs, you had just by the skin of your teeth, re-signed Gabe Landeskog. Uh, you, you gave up more than what people probably thought you should for a goaltender. Like there were so many question marks and, had it not happened last year, had they gotten eliminated in the second round, like you're just the questions are so much bigger. Is Jared Bednar still here? You know, are are they making sweeping changes to the roster? Uh, you know, and I just thought that I, I would have loved to hear them get more into that, at least in the beginning part of it. Of like, this was a huge season for the Abs. You know, you're not necessarily saying they had to win the Stanley Cup, but like something had to give here. And I'm with you, like. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get any of that. Certainly, 
get out of the second round, right? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> and, right. And and you're right, and you bring up all the pending UFAs and stuff, which we'll talk about in a second. But it didn't. It it just picked a weird middle ground where it's like, all right, we're going to talk about the regular season of this year, mm-hmm. but we're not going to talk about the last four years of, of failure for Colorado. I know they right took thirty seconds to be like, here's them getting eliminated the three teaser, times yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It, it wasn't. They didn't really emphasize the idea that this was almost certainly going to be Kadri's last year in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yes, they emphasized they went out and got Kemper. They did not emphasize that he had one year left on his deal. That right. there was a little bit of urgency with what Colorado had to do here. Well, and then <clears throat> jumping ahead a little bit in terms of the regular season, like they did, they did talk about the trade deadline and they did mention all the guys they picked up. But I think it was AJ who said it last week, or maybe it was you, Rudo, how like that <laughs> that's a little bit of like an underrated and under talked about part of last year's cup team. Yeah. Was that they went four for four home runs with who they picked up at the deadline. Like even Nico Sturm, like for, for as as little as he actually contributed, the 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 role that they asked him to play on that you know in that bottom six to take the spot of that Tyson Jost uh, you know role and say hey just go do this with more physicality be a little bit meaner and <clears throat> Nico Sturm ends up coming up in, to set up the Nazem Kadri overtime heroics that is Nico Sturm that like kicks, it ends up going off Cogliano but like that is Nico Sturm that gets the stick on that and wins the battle and all that stuff so like it's, it's just stick on that is about all you can say about that right I was gonna say <laughs> I, I'm gonna stop just short of saying anything beyond that um but like you know he gets to the front of that and he does help you know contribute in that way so even him like you can't be like there, there were none of those acquisitions that the abs made that disappointed and I just wish there would have been more talk given to that because every year so many teams make moves at the deadline and they don't turn into anything or it ends up being for nothing. The abs made four all kind of around the fringes and they all were huge. And I just wish that they would have talked a little bit more about that. I, I can forgive not talking as much about a bit piece like a like a Sturm or even a, a Lekin and Cogliano. There's a specific thing that they didn't talk about, which we'll get to. Right. Um, but I was surprised they didn't talk more about Arturi Lekkinen because he became a mm-hmm. key piece to this whole thing. Right. Uh, they show the highlight of him winning the Western Conference Finals and the and the cup winning goal, but they never really got into like, hey, this is a guy they picked up at the deadline. They didn't talk about the McKinnon interview where he's like, I'd give up 10 first round picks for this right. guy. It felt very, very lacking in, in that side of it. I agree with you 100%. So, yeah. After the Western Conference final, I felt like that would have been a really appropriate time to like, let's pause and talk about Archer Lekkonen and start with that interview with McKinnon saying, yeah, like we love Justin Barron, but F that dude. <laughs> we got, we got Arturi Lekkonen. in like who gives a shit. Yep. Again, not that it was bad for what no. it is. Thought it was very good. It's just some weird selective things that they left out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, I imagine we'll get into this part next, but like you said, it's, it's, it was, it really was, it was fun to rewatch it and fun to relive it. And, and, you know, be reminded of all those, you know, kind of nuances because especially when you are <clears throat> watching it and living in the moment, like there's so much of that, that like, 
was that game three or game four? Who was it that, you know, and so it was fun to rewatch it this way. But like you said, I just, I hope, I hope the memories stick. And in 20 years, when we're rewatching that one, you remember all of the, the stuff that they did leave out that, that did make it magic. Yeah. Um, because it, it, it wasn't fully told. Well said. Uh, <laughs> on that note, we are brought to you by the people over at Shady Rays. Go get yourself some sunglasses if that's what you're into. You might need them because uh, you know what? Despite all the downers, I think the Avs' future of this season is still very bright. Mm-hmm. Just just throwing it out there. All right? Just, just saying it. You can go down to the Park Meadows Mall if you're local here in Colorado. Or if you're not, you can go to ShadyRays.com to order your sunglasses. And by the way, their selection is awesome. They have like versions of sunglasses that I never even knew existed. So <laughs> lots of different styles. And despite 75% of DNVR all picking aviators, you can get yeah. something cooler than aviators with Shady Rays. All right. Go out there, get whatever pair of sunglasses you want. You can go to shadyrays.com, use code DNVR. When you get two or more sunglasses, you get 50% off with the code. And if you happen to lose them or break them in the first 30 days, Shady Rays will replace them for you completely free. Or if you just don't like them, send them back and they'll refund you. Also brought to you by the people over at Pins and Aces. So you got your sunglasses on the golf course. Make sure the rest of your apparel is looking good on the golf course. Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel merchandiser. Sure. Of DNVR. Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm not really a guy who wears polos, stuff like that. The DNVR golf hats are sick. They're, mm-hmm. Everyone loves them. Everyone I've talked to is like, I need one of those. So go for the hats, if nothing else, when it comes to pins and aces. You can get 15% off at checkout at pinsandaces.com when you use code DNVR. Make sure you're looking sharp. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs> so... Not that I'm surprised that ESPN did it, but we just completely glossed over the whole Nazem Kadri situation. Uh, so I won't lie, Rudo, I was surprised. I was I, really surprised. I wasn't. I really wasn't, unfortunately. I, <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't think that they were going to get into police having to stand outside of Nazem Kadri's door. But you think um, they'd at least bring it up. <laughs> but I it was it was when the collision with Bennington happened, and all they said was, you know, a collision forced Jordan Bennington from the game as well, because they had yeah. just finished talking about Sam Gerard. Yeah. And then they just started moving on. I was like, Whoa, you aren't gonna and then I'll like you're not gonna give any time to that and then i said oh well maybe they'll come back to it at the end of the game like you know jordan bennington left and we thought that was the end of it and then you know the water bottle thing uh and 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 again i i I really i didn't expect them to call it out explicitly like racist uh anti-semitic threats death threats but i thought they were gonna give some mention to like uh you know and Nazem Kadri took some very harsh criticism or, you know, I, I thought they were going to like water it down in that way, but I just, I couldn't believe they didn't talk about it at all because the, the Nazem Kadri hat trick was like, 
They they like showed that game as like Kadri just had a really good game, but it's like that's right. not that's no. <laughs> right. It, it was it was <laughs> the the it he he did have a great game, but the circumstances around that are what made it not just a great game, but like an all time performance, like an all time legendary performance. Yeah. Uh dude, I, I will never forget. So so this is the part that again was fun, but I was hoping that there would be more of this. So uh game it's game four in St. Louis. Uh, you know, we just had the last 36 hours of all of the Nazem Kadri stuff. And you know, the death threats and, and everything. And he scores that first goal. And then, like, right after, he had another great chance. Yeah. It didn't go, but he had another really good chance. And D-Mac, who's sitting next to me, looks at me and he goes, what, are we going to get a Kadri hat trick? And we both kind of chuckled, and he goes, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> and then he scores the second one, and we were like, oh, my gosh, what a night. He scores two goals. How crazy. And yeah. I just remember that third one, because it was right down below where I was sitting, like, on that side of the ice. And it just I just remember it being in slow motion because both him and Miko were going for the puck. And I like I it feels like I had the time to process, like, no, wait, Miko, don't take that. Let Kadri get it. Yep, there you go. Wow, what a shot. I think it's going in. You know what I mean? Like because it was that kind of moment. And it just I I, I was bummed that they didn't do it justice. Genuinely, and and as much as I think they should talk about the racism and all of the stuff that that yeah was in behind it, I understand why they wouldn't want to do that. But you could have at very least build this as like a heavy rivalry of Bennington throwing the water bottle. They could have talked a little bit more about the elbow that got thrown at Kadri after the second goal, right. and they just right by it. Like I, I was gonna say, even had they painted him as the enemy. Yep. <laughs> I just, I just wish that they would have given some runway to it because I, I thought that regardless of, you know, <laughs> which side of that you were on, the incorrect, horrific side of the Blues fans, give you know, sending him death threats, or the side of everybody else where it was like, yo, this is super messed up and total bush league, I, I like. That was significant for everyone. Like my favorite thing about that game was looking down into the crowd after Kadri was scoring those goals and just watching the reaction of the blues fans. Cause he was again to everyone outside of St. Louis clearly understood that Nazem Kadri was in the right, yeah. <laughs> uh, both with the play and then how it was handled after. But like to these, these blues fans that were in the arena, like that dude was, Public enemy like, number one. Public enemy number one. Like they would have saved Stan Kroenke's life before they saved Nazem Kadri's life that night, and 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 he just stuffed it right back down their throats all night long, and that was <laughs> had it not been outdone by Darren Helm scoring <laughs> with four seconds left, like that would have been the Abs moment from that series, the all-time Abs moment. Now again, Darren Helm scores to end that series. He and also all probably that. should have had the McKinnon goal that ended that series. Right, right. <laughs> um, but like the 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 Kadri thing is is 
was not insignificant. It was not a footnote. It was one of the biggest storylines, not just of that series, but of the entire NHL playoffs. And, and I just wish they had done some done it some justice because as as horrible as it all was, it turned into a, a, a really great storyline for Nazem Kadri. Even an out of context, all the haters, that was for you. Like, right, it right. Give me something from Kadri there. Right. Uh, it was because because then in the next game, I actually had the thought. I was like, well, they have to be careful about what clips they use from game five because there was all the stand with Naz signs. And it's like, well, now these don't make any sense. <laughs> like, the, we no, no one knows why we're standing with Naz if you didn't, if you weren't there. Yeah. Definitely very, very weird. Uh, choice but see see, and again i I actually disagree i i don't think the nhl wanted it to go away as soon as the series ended that i remember hearing that talked about for several days from multiple different outlets because as as bad as it looked from the st louis side it really did i thought become this like really positive story that came out of it because again everybody outside of those st those st louis blues fans everybody agreed no this is this is bull. Like we don't want this. This is not hockey. This is not representative of, uh, you know, hockey fans. And everybody was Nazem Kadri's biggest supporter that night outside of St. Louis. And then it was an even more special thing that very next night. I actually thought it was so that the NHL, the response to it was something that I thought the NHL kind Pick of up, embraced. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it, that's to me why I was bummed that they didn't include it because it was like, yeah, that was, that was a really gross moment, horrible moment to start. But I thought the response from the hockey community was awesome. And then the response from Nazem Kadri was even better. I'm not going to clap back. I'm just going to go knock your ass out of the playoffs. Like, thanks for coming. See you later. And so it was, that was the one part that all the other stuff, it, like I, I wanted them to include more. That was the one thing I was legitimately disappointed. In. That one felt like it was important to include. Yes. And they didn't. Yep. Yep. So. I agree. All the other stuff was like, damn, it would have been nice to have that. That was one where I really did. I'm, I think you just hit the nail on the head perfectly. It felt very important to the story. And this was like a bigger picture. The part of it that was disappointing to me is Look, I get it. I get this is supposed to be a documentary celebrating the Avs victory and, and it's all Avs all the time and all the good stuff. You can't tell that story without talking about the other teams more. Yeah. They really, especially in Edmonton and, and Tampa, the conference finals and the finals, they really didn't talk about the other teams essentially at all. Right. It, it, Tampa a teeny bit before they got into the series, but... I, I, really that's true. Much. I guess they showed the Tampa New York series for like one game. I was going to say they, they showed the clinching game, but yeah, not again. That was another thing that made <laughs> that final. So great was, is it this team that's been knocking on the door for three years or is it the three Pete? Like, which is it? And yeah, that, that I didn't feel like also got the, the narrative in, that it deserved in the cup finals entirely. They didn't talk about, John Cooper whining about the the penalty he thought should be mm-hmm. called, and then coming back the next day. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like, you know that actually wasn't that bad. 
Dude, so it's actually so funny to say that because I was in the room. I was sitting row one in that media room when John Cooper came in. And I, not that I forgot about it, but like it didn't even cross my mind watching it. You're so right. And this is, and this is what we're talking about where it's just like, it was, it was, it was a fun relive of all of the really positive moments for the abs, but I felt like a lot of the drama was removed. And now that you say that, I fully agree. I wish that moment would have been left in because that was like, I remember watching that and we all were in Amley arena, like in the, the, the belly of Amley arena, all the different media people. And dude, it was like the consensus after that. And after the Tampa player uh, availability, yeah, I think I talked to five different people, some national writers, one Canadian writer, and then two local Colorado writers or um, reporters. And everybody was like, I think the abs win in two nights. And I think it's a fucking blowout. <laughs> I had one very prominent national Canadian guy. Tell me he goes, I think it could be like seven to one. Well, and, and it's crazy because that was the narrative. You're like, wow, this is the back-to-back cup champs and they're whining and scrapping and complaining about right. all these. They're not acting like the champs at all in this right. series. Right. Yeah. Dude, that is a such a good way to put. It. They're not acting like the champs. They and and they seemed fully consumed with that after game five. We're not getting a fair shake. We just got cheated. Blah 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 blah. So and and really, like they all looked defeated. Like they all looked done. So we thought everybody in the in the building was like, Yeah, this is done. And you that's a great point you bring up, Rudo, because that again was a significant part of it they didn't talk about how really I, I remember being in in the building for game five and just the tension that was in the building and it was all coming from the players if that makes sense but like you could just feel this uneasiness where nobody it wasn't like that oh you can tell this building is ready to explode it's you can tell there's a desperation for this building to explode like it felt really tense and really nervous. And Nathan McKinnon talked about that on a podcast this yep. summer that yeah, game five, that was the one and only time all playoffs. They were really nervous and they felt the pressure and they maybe didn't play like it. And the, that I, yeah. same interview, he goes on to talk about like, yeah, on home ice, like we all get a puke. We got to game six on the road and we were fine. Yeah. Felt better so, about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah, I, I'll say, I, I've got something that I'll save. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to get, in, I don't want to put anything out that I'm not supposed to. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. L- we'll talk like, after the show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, like Nate said, I, I really do. I, I believe that they, as much as they would have liked to win it on home ice, I think, it, I think all along it was, that's how it was destined to happen was on the road because of what you just said. Like, they got out on the road and it was just able to be like, whew, well, they deep uh, what it was an eight and one, nine and one. They ended up on the road mm-hmm. at the end of the playoffs. Like, yep. The only loss insane. coming to Tampa in game three. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, pretty special. <laughs> State the, least. Uh, the one other thing they missed that I did was really actually surprised that they didn't put in there was nothing about the Cogliano speech after game. Yes. Five. Yep. Yeah. 
See, like when the abs team talked it up as a big thing, and you would think that they would want to include something about that in there. Right. And that's the part where maybe I was the most disappointed with the lack of um, interviews. Yeah. Was good point. That, like that just felt like something where you, I, I don't know if you could have gotten any of them to like tell you what was said or talked about, but like you, like you just said, Rudo, like multiple players brought that up unprompted weren't asked about it weren't what you know what changed what was different they brought up like andrew cogliano called this meeting was like hey let's get right and again just that was just another part that i felt was significant to the story that you know they they lose they all feel terrible they're all pissed they all whatever and andrew cogliano is the one that says hey take a deep breath we're gonna go win it tonight or, you know, tomorrow night. And, um, yeah, I'm with you. It was, uh, the, the, the cadre storyline from round yep. two. And then, um, the Cogliano speech were the two biggest things that I think I was disappointed by in this. There were plenty of other things that I wish they would have included, but that was one and two on my list. Yeah, again, just a lot of things that they glassed over. They never really talked about Nachushkin playing on a shattered foot. They never <laughs> talked about Cogliano getting the same exact injury Kadri got and returning. Oh, great point. Uh, Burakovsky, like yeah. the overtime hero of game one, you know, breaks his wrist and can't come back for the rest of the final. Like, yeah, th there was just a lot of that. That, like I said, it, it was painted as this really dominant run, which, in terms of results, it was. But, like, we all know, Ruto, like, there was <laughs> an insane amount of adversity that that team fought through. Yeah. It, uh, it could have done a better job. And, and I get it. The Az are dominant. It was an incredible year. It, in hindsight, it definitely looks like there was never any other destiny but the Avs winning the thing. But, Mm -hmm. In the moment, it felt a little bit different. Right, right. And, and yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, on, on that note, we are brought to you by the people over at Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, you can go make sure you're taking care of your teeth. When you go over there, get a cleaning x-ray and exam. That's the things that dentists do. Got an uh, appointment in 10 days. Oh, yeah. It's, it's your time. And heading over. I actually got to get back to for my cleaning, so. Yeah, it's just that time of year, I guess. Cleaning X-ray and exam with them, and you get a free Sonicare toothbrush, so you're taking care of your teeth at home. Highly recommend you check out Green Mountain Dental Group, if only because they will pester you into actually going to your appointment, <laughs> if nothing else. <laughs> Nobody likes going to the dentist. Dude. I get it, but you gotta go. Take it from I, someone who knows. I was. <laughs> I actually think we're two good people to talk about Green Mountain Dental because, yeah, you've got the unfortunate experience of when you have to go to the dentist. And I'm I, I just I hate the dentist. I avoided going to the dentist for a long time. This is the first dentist. I'm 30 years old. This is the first dentist I've ever found that I don't mind going back. They're they're minimally invasive. They're quick. They're super friendly, uh, and they understand when you can talk and when they have instruments in your mouth. So they like don't like it's just it's it's easily the best dental experience I've I've ever been through. And 
I wouldn't just say that because they're a sponsor. If I didn't actually believe that, I would just stay quiet here because I've been very anti-dentist my entire life. Uh, these They're great. Seriously, if you are like me and you avoid the heck out of it, go to Green Mountain Dental. It'll, it'll change the way that you view going to the dentist. I promise. Uh, all right. Check them out. We're also brought to you by Bacchus and Shanker. Uh, they will take care of you if you have had uh, an injury that's not your fault, whether it's a, a car accident uh, at work, at ride chairs, heaven forbid you into a dentist that isn't Green Mountain Dental Group and they <laughs> messed you up. Call Bacchus and Shanker at 222-2222. They're completely free. They will consult you for free. If they think you have a case, they'll take on your case for free. You will pay nothing until you win your case and get what you deserve. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients over the years. So they know what they're doing. They've been doing it for over 25 years. They got Colorado on lock when it comes to these things. Make sure you're getting what you deserve. Call 222-2222 for your free consultation today with Bacchus and Shanker. Uh, it's coloradolaw.net, I believe, is their website. So go get yourself hooked up with what you need. Also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Just uh, just throwing it out there. We talked a little bit about their, their cup odds the other day to, mm-hmm. to quiet the doom a little bit. Their conference odds, they're still the favorites to win the West. Are they? At plus 300. The, they, no one believes in Dallas or Winnipeg. Dallas is fourth. Winnipeg is even further down the list at like seventh or something. The second best team is Vegas at plus 500. So really? Wow. Yeah. All I'm saying, there's a, there's good reason to, to believe in Colorado to still be a quality hockey team this year over at DraftKings. Maybe throw some money on them. If you want plus 300 isn't terrible odds. Breach. Breach. <laughs> Uh, beyond that, I, oh, hang on, hang on. Let me check their division winning odds really quick. Plus 500 Ooh. to win the division. I actually feel like that's still not bad given where they're at. <laughs> it is not. That one they have Dallas favored for the record because that yeah. would be a long way to come, come catch them. But, you know, if they make the cup finals, do you care who won the division? I don't think you do. Nope. Just why it's one fewer banner you get to hang up the next year, but I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> Either way, head over to DraftKings. You still have time to bet five dollars on the Super Bowl with a two hundred dollars in free bets returned to you when you sign up with code DNVR. Don't even have to get the bet right, and you get the two hundred dollars in free bets, which you can then go place on whatever you want. Uh, DraftKings must be twenty-one or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See the show notes down below for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We do have a super chat here from Drew. The amazing Drew gives us way too much money. Uh, $20 says, I just find that 95% of anything ESPN does with hockey from broadcast to specials like this are just absolute trash. You get a better sense of the playoff run if you went and watch Rudo's post games <laughs> in order. I mean, I appreciate the love. I, I I agree with you in some senses. I think they could do a better job of certain things, but also it's ESPN. The just right. the fact that it's on ESPN is going to get way more people to watch it, and and that's part of the problem. Is ESPN is 
pushing this to an extremely broad audience, right? Not just hockey fans, not just Colorado fans, but to everybody. So this actually ties in with what we were talking about a couple days ago. What, What you just said about how like, it's, it's hard because as hockey fans, as people that lived it, people that went through it, you know, Rudo, you and I, people that do this every single day, <laughs> like, yeah, it's really easy to say to be like, oh, sh- should have given me this, that, or the other. But I think the best example is like so much of the hockey world hated the all-star weekend, everything about it from the skills competition to the game. And that all-star game performed better on TV than like any in a long, long time. ESPN understands exactly what you just said. We were like, Hey, we're trying to grow the game, which means we have to appeal to people who aren't hockey fans. Yep. As much as I would have liked to see them run that, the Av Stanley cup film to two hours and include all of that stuff. They know, Hey, we're trying to tell the story of a really dominant run for this team. We have an hour and 20 minutes. Let's make sure we're packing in as much game action as possible because that's what's going to get someone to click on it who has never watched a hockey game before. They're going to want to see what did this team do? Wow, they were really good. They dominated. Holy smokes, look how good Kale McCarr is. Look how good Nathan McKinnon is. I want to go watch them. That's what ESPN's trying to do. And it sucks because it doesn't always speak directly to like hockey diehards. That's because they're not trying to, and that's okay. Like, they're trying to provide content for hockey diehards while inviting in new, new viewers. And that's not completely unlike what we try to do with some of the stuff that we do, where it's like, hey, we know this may not hit with everybody, but we hope that the people that we have like it and we can get some new folks in it as well. So it's hard because, yes, it, the stuff that ESPN does doesn't always feel super traditional hockey. Yeah. And, and, I didn't know we were going to go here, but we're in the room. I, yep. I do think at times hockey struggles to grow itself. Yep. We should be embracing bringing in new fans, bringing in casual fans and content that plays to them because that's yep. good for the sport that you're yep. growing. There's more people you can talk about hockey when you get those people into hockey, which, which will only end up leading to more money for the league, better TV deals, yep. bigger contracts, uh, better, you know, everything, better facilities, all of that stuff. So Rudo, you actually made the comment last night about the Finland doc. This is actually what it is kind of ended up morphing into and why it's been so much longer than we initially thought was we just kind of found this different angle on it that we found fascinating of like, again, it all kind of started with this conversation of in the same week that the NHL was slapping high fives about putting 13,000 people in an arena in Finland, two nights in a row, the NFL was on their third consecutive weekend of putting over 80,000 into a football stadium. And there are no international ties to those places they were playing. There's no players from those countries. And so it really just kind of became this of like, how does the NFL do it? And it's because they say like, we're, you know, and when I say we're for everybody, I mean like all knowledge levels. Like if you're a ca- the ultimate casual fan, hey, the NFL has something for you. If you are a diehard, you want every last bit of everything, the NFL has something for you. And they just have this insanely broad appeal in in the sense of like, yeah, we want all of the fans. We don't want just fans that know a lot about our sport. We want any and everybody to come watch. 
And that's what it's kind of morphed into is how does the NHL get there? And I think that's, you're seeing it with ESPN. They take that NFL approach of, we want to have a little bit of something for everyone. And it can be uncomfortable for us that are like so deeply ingrained in the sport sometimes. So what you're saying is we need an NHL goal zone. Dude, so bad. I've thought for so long about how you do that. Is it? One, it sucks because all the games start at the same time. I like agree. I don't know. They need, their, they need to fix their scheduling. <laughs> Brutal, dude. Um, could you do like yeah, power plays or like yeah, last two minutes of a game? I don't It'd know. Be I, It'd be tough. Yeah, yeah. But they do. They need something that does attract new casual fans in that way, and. Uh, I guess you could say that this abs cup film had like, it had a lot of, had a lot of really cool highlights. Sure did. Including ones that didn't matter. Like McKinnon's game five goal, but Uh, (laughs) yeah, that was. (laughs) And and then they actually, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it in game six, they didn't show the Josh Manson save. Yeah, you're right. Which keeps them from going down by two. And Hmm. Yep. Damn. A lot of things left wish. out. Yeah. That I wish they would have 80 minutes to fit it all into, I guess. Yeah. Mm. It's so tough. I, I, I really do. I know I just said this and I, I still, I understand why they didn't. I wish they would have run it to two hours. Yep. And just said, <laughs> like you just said, we're already in this room. We're taking it to two hours and to tell the story correctly. Yep. He, you might as well. I get not wanting to turn it into a mini series and then it's just, you know, road to the cup again, but right. Yeah. Give it the proper deference it deserves also. Yeah. No, I think it's a good way of putting it. And it's so, a good way of putting it. I, I think we pretty much covered our feelings on the doc. Anything else you want to add Jesse before we go enjoy our Friday? I don't think so. Like I said, I just, I do just want to make sure that like I, I, I did like it. I, especially if you are an abs fan, you will enjoy it. It's a fun yeah. relive of, of the ride. Just know that it is pretty much only the ups of the ride. You don't really have the ups and downs. <laughs> um, but again, like that's, I guess it's not a, Oh no, they, they, they celebrated it too much. Right. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, darn. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It's an hour, 20 minutes of getting to relive, all of the highlights of the run and last season uh while for me it left some to be desired it's it's a fun rewatch and it it definitely does um help help bring you back a bit yeah go into it lighthearted enjoy it and it'll be a good time that perfect that's a per way of putting it go into it to enjoy it you know what i mean don't everyone yeah go into it to enjoy it Perfect way to end. We appreciate all of y'all. We're back tomorrow with the Avs game. Tune in for pregame and postgame there. We'll talk to you later.